What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we hung out with Patrick Davis over Zoom video. Patrick Davis grew up in South Carolina and talks about how he got into music. He comes from a musical household. His dad was a musician, and he talked about getting a chance to see him when he was really young. He get to watch him perform at bars and stuff when he was way underage. He even got a chance to get up on stage with his dad and play a few songs when he was like 16 years old. But he really started his career performing at uh, restaurants and bars, did a bunch of cover songs, and made a pretty decent living doing that. At 25, he moved to Nashville. And ever since he was a kid, he was really into song structure and lyrics and songwriting as a whole. So he wanted to pursue a career in songwriting. And he ended up doing that in Nashville, got signed to a publishing company, and he's written a ton of songs for other artists. He's written for Guy Clark and Jimmy Buffett, a ton of songs for Jewel, Lady A. He has a really impressive list of songs he has written and co-written for a bunch of massive artists. But while he was doing that, he's always really put out music as an artist as well. And he has a new album we had a chance to hear all about which is called Carolina When I Die, where he nods to his small hometown in South Carolina. And he dives into the latest single from that album called Six String Dreams. You can watch our interview with Patrick on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, we would love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Patrick Davis. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, man, of course. Um, I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music. And we're going to talk about the new stuff you have coming out. I'm Patrick, and... Nice to meet you. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, from South Carolina, is that what I read? Yeah, I, I was born in uh, Tennessee, but I, um, I, I, my parents moved back home when I was six months old. So I don't remember that. So I, I, was, I call South Carolina home and okay. then I moved up to Nashville uh, about 20 years ago now. Oh, amazing. I'm in Nashville now. I, oh, recently, sure. where, I moved here about you, two years ago. From uh, where, do, where do you live? What area? Uh, like Franklin area. Oh, cool, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty out there. Yeah, so I live in I live downtown. I live in Sylvan Park, Cherokee Hills. So I'm right here in kind of the. I'll never move from downtown. It's just uh, the idea of having to travel and everything uh, to get anywhere. Is the the where were you from originally? San Diego. So like traveling oh, so, to me is just like yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, like whatever. You don't care. No, people. I hear people complain about it. I'm like, oh man. At least the freeway's moving, even if it's, it's like slow. No, you <laughs> guys. Like you guys know what it's real. You know what real traffic is. We didn't. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we but but we never had traffic. So this is kind of like that's why so many people from out west move here in New York and stuff because they're like this isn't traffic and we're like this is. Can you cuss on this? Like, yeah, you know, this, this is fucking horrible. That's the way we yeah. look at it. So. Yeah, I know. And we're sorry about that. <laughs> that's all right. it's, it is y'all's fault. Let's be honest. So. <laughs> I know it totally uh, is. Yeah. What's crazy no, I, is like, yeah, we moved here like uh we came out here to look in like December 2020. We ended up moving okay. in February. Yeah. Um, and I remember we we're like, oh, we're from California, and like a 
so many people right away were like, you're like the hundredth person. I'm like, what? Really? Like, yeah, in, yeah. In Franklin, Tennessee, like this, I don't understand this. I have and a then, bunch of buddies from out there and I do a lot of stuff out there. And so like LA or like San Francisco area and they'll like send me a picture of like a house and they'll be like, is this right? And it'll be like this giant house is 10,000 square feet and it's $5 million or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's right. And they're like, that's like a studio apartment downtown here. <laughs> right. And no, I'm like, 100%. Oh, yeah, no. I know that's, you, that's, we were, that's what yeah. we were looking at. We were like, oh my, when the, we weren't paying, you know, obviously yeah, yeah, dollars, yeah. but like yeah, yeah. you'd look at the house that was like equivalent in price, to the town home we had in San Diego. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah. God. We could have like a house and a yard. And like, yeah. Oh, the whole shit. thing. Yeah, yeah. It is a great, no, and no state income tax. Look at that. I know. So, beautiful yeah. thing. So it's a thing. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, well, not welcome to Nashville. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We, yeah, we love it here. Never leave. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so you born in what part of Tennessee were you born in Nashville? Or? I was born, I was born in Murfreesboro. My dad was a, oh, wow. um, my dad's a guitar player, an old guitar player. He, uh, yeah. he moved up here when he was probably, I don't know, early twenties with my mom and was trying to be a guitar player and maybe a singer songwriter. I don't I, I, kind of, I don't really get a, a full story from him. You know, I think he wanted to play guitar and maybe he wrote some songs. Okay. Um, he, he, he did a little album back then, but, uh, but I think that this is a tough town. I mean, it was tough back then. So uh, oh, yeah. I was born in Murfreesboro and he, la- you know, he, he lasted here for a couple of years. And I think my mom was ready to go home. And uh, and so <laughs> she had a baby and she's like, nope. And uh, they moved back home. And then uh, I graduated from the University of South Carolina in uh, 2000, 2001 and moved right up here. So I've been here for actually, I think, 21 years or something like that. 20, I moved here in January of 20, 2002. So it's been oh, a minute. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've, wow. I've seen it actually change. Like I, I, that's why I bitch about traffic because there was no traffic when <laughs> yeah, I moved. Sure, there's probably not a whole lot of. People. I'm like an old man in the yard going like, "Slow down!" You know. So it was like, you know. <laughs> it was funny when we were looking here. I told people where we're moving. They're like, "Damn, you want to move?" Like kind of what you said. Like you want to move that far so, that out there? And I'm like, "Is it?" I, then I'm looking like it's not that far. I hope. Well, yeah, yeah. It, but it's and, funny that. And if you're working from similar. home, which I'm assuming you are, yeah, like, oh, yeah, the time. Yeah. Like I mean, like yeah. you can you can live wherever the hell you want. And, and Franklin is beautiful. There's some really cool little pockets out there. The downtown Franklin's really cute. You know, it's yeah, a, it's a good. Uh, and you got kind of everything you need right there. So yeah, that's the thing yeah. that we love. But um, so South Carolina. Tell me, tell me about that. I mean, having your dad as a musician. <laughs> yeah, uh, I grew up probably uh, pulled a lot yeah. of weight towards why you wanted to do this yeah i guess i played sports growing up and okay. um and then when i got to be about 14 or 15 i heard uh i heard some music that i that i kind of floored me i heard led zeppelin i heard uh, i heard tangerine by led zeppelin and oh, okay. i was like i was like oh i want to learn how to play that and i knew my dad you know my dad played guitar and i'd grown up around him playing music but i'd really never paid that much attention uh it was just a a cool excuse to get to go to I was a kid and I got to go to bars, you know, I got to go and sit in the right. corner and eat chicken fingers and drink unlimited supplies of Coca-Cola while my dad played up with the, you know, in the corner. Um, but I, uh, when I did start playing, it was, it was like, I had this incredible encyclopedia of, um, of music that I just, I didn't even recognize was there. It was like a subliminal thing that had just been going on in the background. So when I decided, you know, this is before the days of Apple music or Spotify or anything like that. So, right. but I had, basically a library to pull from of, you know, all kind of classic rock and singer songwriters and that kind of stuff. But like when I found Led Zeppelin, it wasn't like I had to go searching for the rest of the Led Zeppelin albums. I I could just dive right into it. My dad was a, our, our living room was basically a music room that had guitars all around it. And then it had thousands of records, you know, so I was able to just dive in and be like, Oh, well, wait, this is cool. Oh, what's this? And then you start going down the rabbit hole 
and finding sure. the music that you like. And my dad's like more of a guitar slinger. He's like, I always say he's the Eric Clapton of three counties in South Carolina. You know, <laughs> okay. he's, he's, he's a he's he's very accomplished, you know, to 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 you know those those folks there. And um, but uh I kind of figured out that for me personally, I like the singer-songwriter side of things. I like the storytelling, I like the I like those guys. So I kind of naturally progressed to while I still, of course, you know, love Led Zeppelin or, or Beatles or storytellers, I guess, but all that stuff, I really fell in love with the the Neil Young's and the James Taylor's and the Jim Croce's and the stuff that my dad kind of had Bob Dylan that he had on the shelf um, that I could kind of really dive into the actual songs. Cause when you listen to Clapton or those guys, while their songs are incredible. They're not, uh, they're not storytellers in that sense. They're, they're using their, their vehicles, their guitar, and they just need something to be able to set that up. I need Bob Dylan in my life because I want the person where the song stripped down to his bare bones is what actually makes, makes it, it special. Right, hundred percent. And yeah. were, was guitar the first instrument you learned? Like, was that something? Yeah, you yeah. I mean, I'm still bad? trying to learn it. You know, I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm, uh, I'm okay on guitar, and uh, I can play a little bit of piano, a little bit of bass, but I'm, I'm horrible on all of them, to be honest. You know, I just, I, I surround. When you come to Nashville, you realize you thought you were good, and then you get around your boys here, and you're like, oh, wait a second. Uh, uh, I am, you know, sure. but I, am, I mean, but guitar, yeah. guitar was the first thing, uh, you know, that 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 drew me to it, and. But it really came down to the songs. And I mean, I even though I, you know, not to bemoan, uh, you know, the Claptons or Hendrix or those guys who, who are great guitar players, they wouldn't be known the way they are if it wasn't for their songs. Like, it really comes down to songs. You know, there's a lot of incredible guitar players and musicians out there. But if they don't have the songs, if they don't have Stevie Ray Vaughan has Pride and Joy or Clapton has, you know, Cocaine, he, he didn't write that, but he has Wonderful Tonight, Layla. You know, you need those songs because without those songs, people can't really grab a hold. It's hard to grab a hold of a guitar solo. You right, know, 100%. It, it, a song yeah. is really the key to the whole thing. It all begins with a song. I mean, that's the you know the NSAI thing here in Nashville says that, but it's one hundred percent accurate. Yeah. So early on, like when you were learning guitar and and being kind of way into the actual song itself, were you writing your own songs at that? Yeah, you know, I think like right I, um, I pretty early on, I kind of, um, I kind of like you know had a girl that I was trying to you know get to pay attention to me or whatever and wrote, right. you know, like, I don't know, what's that silly movie from the early two thousands where like he writes a song, it's like in Amy's eyes. And then the next girl comes around and it's like in Erica's eyes, you know, he just oh, changes right, the right. name and changes the, yeah. that's, that's essentially probably what I was writing back then, you know, <laughs> or either just copying. I think what we do is we all, I mean, we still do it. All of us do it. Anybody that says they don't, they're lying, but we, we, we take our heroes and we try to emulate them. And right. that's kind of what I would do in the beginning. You know, I'd hear a Springsteen song or something, or a, I was a big fan of like, I, I fell in love with like Lyle Lovett at a young age. It's like, you know, these guys would, I'd be like, I'm gonna try to write that song. And when I listen to those songs now, I laugh. Cause I'm like, Oh, I completely was just, you know, if I find an old recording of those, I'll go like, that's hysterical, you know, like that's, <laughs> um, but that's what we have to do in order to, you know, and that, and that's, that works for even today when we walk into a writer's, you know, if we're going to write today, we'll, we'll still say, man, you know, I, I kind of want to write a song like, you know, whether it be John Mayer or whether it be Sting, whatever it is, you know, you're still kind of, you're like, man, that's a really cool groove. Let's try to write something like that. So it happens. Uh, but that's what I was doing back then. I was, I was writing anyone that tells you that they didn't start music, um, at least males, for whichever sex they want to uh, to attract, they're lying. That's, that's okay. what I always say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said you went to college uh, in South Carolina, and then, and, yeah, and then ended up moving to Nashville after yep. after that. Um, did you yeah. go to school for music, or you you're no. in sports and stuff? Was that something that you're when I when I started playing, I was like 15 or 16. I really only played um, 
I knew some songs to play at like parties, you know, like just sitting in the corner. And I get my dad, you know, like I said, weekend warrior always playing, you know, I mean, I played in my first things I ever did were playing on stage with him in like places I should not have been at 15 or 16, you know, and like, you know, it's kind of like that blues brothers, uh, the movie where they're behind the chicken wire. Like we did, I played in places like that with my dad, you know, when I was 15 oh, or wow. 16, but I just get up and play a couple songs. I wasn't, I, uh, but you know, it was a, at that time it would be last dance with Mary Jane and, I don't know, mm -hmm. Mary Jane's Last Dance or, uh, you know, I'd play like American Pie, you know, it was like whatever, you know, all the, the classic cover songs, you know, okay. that you play at the classic bar room cover songs, you know. And um, so I'd do a few of those. And then I didn't really know what to do with it. And I went to college and um, I started playing in the corner of a couple of bars for beer and mm -hmm. maybe 25 bucks or something. And before you know it, that becomes a thing where you're all of a sudden, you know, you're getting paid a hundred bucks or 200 bucks. And before I knew it, I was playing five times a week at these, you know, restaurants and bars around Columbia, South Carolina, while I was in college. And I had gone to school kind of not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. I was like, my parents were school teachers. That's what they ended up being. So oh, okay. I, I was like, well, maybe I'll be an education major. And, um, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for school teachers, but they told us, I think one of the second classes, they told us how much school teachers made a year. And I was like, well, I <laughs> guess I'm going to change my profession uh, or my, my major. <laughs> and, uh, I, I tried like, a kind of like a, I ended up on a history degree and because uh, I thought maybe I could be a lawyer or something if I needed to be. But I kind of had figured out that music was kind of what I was going to do because I was playing in bars and restaurants and playing five times a week for, you know, you make $300 plus tips and you're 21 right. years old. You might as well be fucking Hugh or not, I mean, uh, Howard Hughes, you know, like you have right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 but, right. but you know, like, it's like, you might as well be, you know, Elon Musk. I mean, like you're, you're loaded, you know, right. and that's, what you, that's how you feel. You know, you right, get, your right. beer's free. People know who you are because you're playing, I don't know, Dave Matthews covers, whatever it was. So um, that, that was uh, that was kind of what happened in college. It definitely wasn't. But I, I didn't have any aspirations to be. A, I, I've never, at least at that time, I didn't even think that was possible. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, music. I never learned to read music or anything like that. So, I, you know, I, I kind of thought of that as people that played cello, you know, or played violin. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really think of it. I wasn't a jazz musician. I was. I wanted to be a songwriter. That was I kind of knew that very early on. I was coming, but you start getting paid to play cover songs. And this happens to a lot of musicians. They wanted to be something and they end up not being that because, well, they start getting paid to do something else and it takes away the actual dream. And that's kind of right. what started happening for me. I was kind of like, and that's why I moved to Nashville after I graduated. I was like, man, I got to get out of here. I mean, this is, this is great. I'm making you know, I don't know, I was probably made seven or $10,000 a month playing these cover gigs, but I was like, this is exhausting. And, I don't want to be just a guy in the corner playing, you know, these songs and uh, that aren't mine. And uh -huh. uh, I was lucky because the Hootie and the Blowfish guys are from South Carolina. And so Darius and those guys, um, Mark Bryan, the guitar player, they were fans and they are just supporters, I guess, because uh, they were, um, you know, they're 10 or 15 years older than I am, but they still lived yeah. there at that time. And they kind of came and saw me play, you know, every now and then. And they would, they told me, they're like, Patrick, this is, you're great, but if you want to be, a real like you know if you want to make this your actual profession and make a living doing this you need to start writing your own music because that's really the only way that you can go from you know this point to this point and that that was a really big moment for me because at that time you're talking about late 90s early 2000s they were a, a very substantial band you know like, like it on even on the radio and stuff and yeah of, i mean they're here regardless of what if you love the music or not you couldn't go you knew who they were right so it was one of those things where i was like oh wow, okay, I should listen to you guys. So No, that, I actually, I interviewed somebody else that said they're in a music school and 
the one of the teachers told them like uh yeah you could go, you could go out and play covers every night and make pretty good money but yeah. you if you write a song and it's a hit like it changes you can live game. you can live off of that for the rest of your life so it, your life. it was basically like yeah you could either do this and work your ass off every night obviously not that you're not if you're writing songs but like if you get one yeah. like you yeah, could yeah. Change well, everything and it's, and it's you. still it's still like it's the odds of being a quarterback in the nfl basically in terms right of getting, exactly becoming a songwriter but but it's the dream and and i and i did have a moment like that and i tell young uh you know guys that are just getting started i meet a lot you know we you probably talk to a lot of those guys and when i have a lot of folks that know that i've been in nashville so they'll reach out to me and say hey my my son's moving to nashville yeah, yeah. or whatever you know and i and so when i sit down with them we'll have that conversation and uh and i just kind of i, I kind of tell them i say one one story i tell them is that when i was probably 19 or 20 years old i was playing at a place called willie's in in uh in columbia south carolina and and there was an older gentleman that played on saturday nights and i would play friday nights and i was like hey how much does jim make a night because in my mind jim was 50 i was 20 jim had to be making 10 times as much as i did right right and they were like he makes the same as you and i was like holy shit i am at the ceiling of this situation like this guy mm -hmm. who is so much better has done this for for a million years he's still making the same amount i make and i'm a sophomore in college. So that was right. a very big eye opener for me. I was like, well, I've got to figure this out. So moving to Nashville, scary, scary move. And uh, it's definitely not the easiest, uh, easiest back then, especially like now it's kind of the it city, uh, you know, back 20 years ago, it was not that way at all. It was a, you know, I don't even think we had Southwest flying here yet. You know, it was a, it was a <laughs> yeah. very small city and, right. um, and, and you really had to, you know, pack up the U-Haul and the whole thing and come here. There wasn't a, you know, I, we had little tiny cell phones, you know, like, <laughs> right. Right. It just wasn't this, you know, now it's a lot easier. You can, you know, there's things like zoom, there's all these things you can always connect with everybody, FaceTime. There's all, you know, but back then it was a really big move. So I think from South Carolina, there was like five people that I knew from South Carolina that were, that were here when I got here. And now there's probably 50,000 people from South right. Carolina, you know, just, it is the, it is the it city because of, you know, people it go you know, cyclical it'll come around you know so so once you graduate and decide to move to nashville um like you get here and then what like you're just trying to go to yeah it's just I, people I moved, that write yeah. or like were you yeah. you had obviously your own songs and stuff at this point yeah if you had a few songs what, what happened was back to the hootie guys which are very big in my um you know and me being here uh mark bryan who was a guitar player for hootie uh we had become friends and mark said, well, you know, I, I came to Nashville and recognized pretty quickly that I needed to have, um, you know, an album of some kind. It's kind of a calling card. Mm -hmm. And so I went in and I did an EP with Mark as the producer. And then I did an album. When I listen to that album, now I laugh, just like, you know, just to, this is how it happens. You know, you kind of like, oh, that's cute. Um, but I did, uh, I think, 11 or 12 songs on that album. And uh, that album did get me in the door with uh, publishing houses and, and with some artists. And so I was uh, signed to a publishing deal at EMI, which was oh, at wow. that time, Sony, Sony was, uh, Sony yeah. purchased EMI, uh, you know, in 2011 or 12. But I, I've essentially written for the exact same person, uh, Ben Vaughn that runs Warner Chapel Music Publishing. He was the, he was at, uh, at EMI back in the day. I've written for him. I, I write at Warner Chapel. So I've been with him for almost 15, 16 years now. But oh, that wow. was the first, that was the first thing that happened for me. And there were some artists that kind of heard some of those songs and, but what happened was I I thought I was going to come here and write some songs and do my own thing, uh, you know, be an artist. Well, I started making money writing songs for other people. 
and you kind of get stuck in this world, like kind of like the cover gig world, you all of a sudden that those checks come in and you're like, oh, well, maybe I should keep doing this. And and you kind of get further and further away from what you actually kind of set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really necessarily, um, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing because it taught me how to write songs and I spent a lot of time in the studio and all that, but it's taken me a, quite a while to get back to actually being like, I just want to do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Because when I you mean, write you- songs, you write songs for other people. You don't, you're not actually writing, you're trying to write the best song for that you can, but you're also aiming it at someone else versus I just want to write the best song for Patrick Davis. Okay. So like when you, when you get in those writer, cause that this is one space I'm not a whole yeah. really familiar with is like, mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people that have, you know, have publishing deals or you yeah. know, done things, but like um, you get in and you, what you, once you finally get the one cut, like somebody takes, you, you get a cut, an artist goes, I want yeah, yeah. to do this song. Like that must be like a huge deal. Right. I mean, it is, it is that they become singles, you know, like the, 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 uh, the the money's really dried up um, in today's world compared to what it was when I first moved here. You know, you that that story of like having one song recorded and you know it becoming a big a, a decent size hit and you making a few million dollars. That that was the way it worked for probably a decade or more. Like you know, probably like mid nineties to early two thousands, maybe two thousand ten or something. Well, nowadays that money is really like not just cut in half, it's cutting like a fourth probably. So you've oh, got to have wow. multiple songs. You know, it used to be like one of those songs might generate a million dollars for, let's say you and I wrote a song. We might make a million dollars a piece off of it. Well, uh, now that might be, we make $250,000 a piece off of it. You know, that's a huge difference, you know, especially mm-hmm. when, you know, the, the times. So yeah, when you write, it, it is great. I've had, I don't know, 70 or 80 songs recorded by other people over the years. And I used to do it a lot more. Um, uh, that was my focus really for everything. I'd still release albums and stuff, but it's a great feeling, especially if it's like a hero. Like um, I, I had a, you know, I've had multiple songs recorded that I'm very proud of. A lot of songs recorded, but like, you know, I had Guy Clark recorded a song of mine. Guy Clark is like this legendary songwriter in Nashville. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I got, we recorded two songs that we wrote together and, and, you know, I don't know if anything will actually get cooler than that for me. There's some other people that have done incredible jobs on songs, but but and that song will not make me it'll make me a fraction of what some of the other songs have made me. But um, yeah, it is it is all it is always a um, humbling experience when someone hears your piece of art and says, oh, shit, that, I, I want to make this a part of my repertoire. But mm-hmm. um, I will say that it still doesn't really beat doing it yourself on stage and playing it from like, you know, you were there when you created it, you know, to seeing the reaction to having it done uh, recording and that stuff that for me personally, like some other people that might be not may not be their thing, but for me, that's, that's my favorite thing. It's not really hearing somebody else. And maybe now I could say that could be completely right. Paul McCartney and uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, Eminem do a duet of a Patrick Davis song. It might be pretty cool, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's not a, I don't know, you know, it's, it's not, um it's not a, I don't get the same high from that. I mean, like other than financially, it's great. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, just going off just on your website and stuff. Uh, I love, I, I've, you have like Laura Bell Bundy who I've oh, interviewed yes. on this, and like Megan Lindsay and uh, yeah, a couple yeah. others. That, but uh, the one that sticks out to me that you've written a lot of songs for is Jewel. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Jewel like, and I are old friends. I was going to say like, when you, when you write a song or somebody cuts it, do you, I mean, to have them come back multiple times, is it like like a relationship that you form and then like, yeah, oh, yeah. like let's work on something? Like how does- Yeah, now, now I will say, I will say there's nothing, uh, a lot of the songs that like someone like Jewel were right. I guess that's, 
that's part of the what is fun with songwriting is like I I wouldn't sing those songs like they're they're the way that I would sing it is so different than the way that Jewel would sing it, and her voice is so pristine and so perfect. Oh, yeah, and that is so that, unique. That, that too, really right? is a that really is a those feelings are are like pretty like you know chill inducing sometimes because you're like holy shit i cannot believe she can sing it that way you know that that kind of like because that's such a perfect pristine vocal there's a couple of songs there's a song we wrote called sweet dreams um i mean it's probably been a decade or more now but but i mean it's still i could put it on right now and be like man what a angelic voice you know and that and that's something that i will i do love about co-writing you know it's um there's a few people like i mean you know jimmy buffett recorded a song and it's cool to hear jimmy buffett you know like that's cool oh yeah i mean that's cool as hell yeah you know and and you know and there are some songs that um folks do i mean there's sometimes that they do them and they're not as good as what they were the demo (laughs) (laughs) you know and and you're not supposed to say that so you just kind of go okay well right because Sometimes you think the song's going to be a big radio success or something, and then it just doesn't work because maybe the recording isn't exactly what you were hoping it was going to be. Um, but it's not a, yeah, it, it's not a bad gig. I tell everybody, I go, it's just a really hard gig to get, and it's a really hard gig to be successful at. Now, um, what has happened in the industry is the best song used to win. That was the idea, and that was kind of, I guess, for more country music, you know. And nowadays because uh, everybody has a lot tighter with the money. The money's so much smaller that all these little camps have popped up. So really it's kind of an inside job now. It's not really the best song that wins. Um, it doesn't mean that they're not incredible songs out there. It just means that it's gotta be an inside job. The writer has to write it with the artist. Uh, the artist you know, has to write it with the right publishing. All, all, all these people are trying to grab a hold of the money because the money shrunk. So that's a that's a thing that I kind of noticed a, a number of years ago, which kind of led me probably five or six years ago to kind of pumping the brakes a little bit on writing as much because it got to where I was like, well, I don't want to have to kiss all these people's asses, which is kind of what ends up happening, um, where you got it, you got to act like this artist is your best friend, even though deep down inside you're like this person, I don't want to. Have. And you know, it just it becomes really because if you don't do that. Well, they're going to find somebody else who does. Yeah, they're not going to so, work with so you. So the right? songwriting thing is really different. I, I just want people around me that I genuinely really want to be around. Um, I don't I don't necessarily just want to have to, you know, like I said, just kind of, you know, kiss the ring all the time. And that's essentially yeah. kind of what it would have what it, to me personally. That's kind of what it felt like. So I still love writing. And if if Darius calls or, if you know, uh, I don't know. If Robert Randolph calls or Melda May or who like these people, they call or Lady A, whatever. I'm going to go right because they're my buddies, you know, but it's um, I'm not necessarily depending on that for uh, for, you know, I was I've been lucky with that. So I don't have to do that. To, right. Right. To and so, that's the other see, that's the other thing you have to get is you. Sorry. Sorry. But that, no, you, no, you go ahead. Some people don't. Um, some people don't have the luxury of figuring out how to not have some people just have to do that. So I, I don't bemoan those people for having to. To, to stick it out, you know, and some people just love being songwriters and don't want to, don't want to be on stage. But for me, it's kind of a little different. Right. That was going to be my question is like, when you're writing for other people are, it must be hard to kind of juggle wanting to have, you know, your own like career as an artist and also writing with four and with other, other people. Was that something yeah, I that enjoy, you were always I, kind I, of I really battling with growing on? I, I mean, early on? Yeah. Well, not really. But it was easy early on because I didn't really know who I wanted to be as an art, as an artist. And so that's why I I am not actually upset about the, you know, 10, 15 years where I was just writing songs for people because I didn't really have an, I clear understanding of what I was trying to do because I was kind of 
figuring it out, which I, I, I always say I'm a late bloomer. And, um, <laughs> and I mean, you know, so it's, I, I kind of just, I didn't move to Nashville till I was 25, maybe about to be 26. I think when we moved, when I moved up here and, um, and I, you know, I really didn't figure out that I was what I wanted to do musically. Didn't really have a clear understanding, even though I was making albums I've made, I don't know, four or five full length albums and, and release some other stuff. But I was always kind of doing that to kind of like scratch that itch, I guess. Um, and they helped because I still had markets I could go play in back home and stuff where people would come out and see me. But but it wasn't until probably like 2014, 15, 16, where I was kind of like, oh, I kind of have an understanding of what I'm doing. And I really don't think it was till two. Uh, there's an EP called Where Does It Go, which is kind of like the first thing that I did where I was like, oh, this is kind of what I really want to be. And then I did a couch covers uh, album, which was an album of all cover tunes during the pandemic because I was mm-hmm. just bored and trying to figure out what the hell to do with this newfound, you know, seclusion we're enjoying. Um, and uh, and then I ended up making an album of, of that. And that was when I was kind of like, oh, I figured out who I want. Patrick, this is who Patrick Davis should be. And that's kind of what I now I like I said, I think it's I think it was very important, important for me to write those songs for Jewel or for Jimmy Buffett or Darius Rucker and all that stuff. And I think I I love writing. songs. I do love writing songs, even if they're not for me. So I, I will always write songs um, regardless. Uh, but I do think that um, it just took me a minute to figure it out. So I don't think I was ever really angry or, or uh, upset about not being the artist when I was writing with other people, I think I was just kind of trying to, I was probably just confused (laughs) trying to figure out like, where do I fit in this, this equation? Like, how do I make this where I'm happier? Because that was probably the biggest issue. I tell people that Nashville, I think LA is like this. I think a lot of places, uh, they'll, they'll tell you what happiness is. Like they'll, they'll tell you what success is. They'll be like, no, if you're not trying to be Morgan Wallen, then you, you can't possibly be happy. And I'm like, I don't give two shits about Morgan Wallen. Like, I don't want to be that. That's not who I want to be. I was like, I, I grew up wanting to be Lyle Lovett or the, you know, or James Taylor, or uh, I don't, you know, whoever these people were, you know, that I, that I, you know, uh, I would, I'm trying to think of, I don't know, the counting crows back when the day, when I was a kid, you know, that those were the people I wanted to be. So those guys aren't the people that are going to sell out arena, but you know, they're going to play for certain people in theaters and stuff like that. That's kind of what I, but if you tell someone that, they will tell you you're wrong in these places because if you're not, you know, in LA, well, if you're not trying to be Brad Pitt, what are you even doing being an actor? You know, that's where right. a lot of people will tell you. And you're like, that's not, you got to figure out where your happiness quota is. And I, and so I've been fortunate enough to, I feel like the songwriting allowed me to make, you know, inroads and make a lot of friends and make enough financial, uh, you know, uh, get me, get myself in a situation where I could kind of do what I wanted to do. So I will never be upset about the songwriting side of it, even if it wasn't for me. So mm-hmm. With yeah. with that, I mean, like the song that you've just released, or you know, it was about yeah. a month ago now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the first kind of uh, new music, as far as your your artist career that you've released in a while. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I did. I did a. Um, I guess I did an EP in twenty end the very end of twenty seventeen twenty like right there in that that time frame, and then uh, I thought I was going to I thought I was going to release an album in probably like twenty twenty, uh, but then the pandemic happened. So right. kind of put everything on a, on a back burner and that did the couch covers album, which was a lot of fun. And it kind of allowed me the time. Um, I'm actually very happy about that because it, it gave me an opportunity to go into the studio and uh, make the best versions of those. You know, I did imagine by John Lennon, you know, I did like rocket band. I did uh, pink moon by Nick yeah, Drake. Wow, I did all these. It is some good, great songs. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I, and I, but what it really allowed me to do is as I was figuring out kind of what I wanted to be when I grew up, I was like, 
oh, I got to go in the studio and really work on that craft and stuff because I produce my own albums and everything. I, you know, I have an incredible band of musicians from here in town that I always use in the studio. Um, I tour with a very large band called Patrick Davidson's Midnight Choir. It's like a 12-piece band with horns and background singers. It's, it's like Rad. Van Morrison and Springsteen and, and yeah. Loud Love It type of thing. Like they had a baby, I guess, an ugly, I mean, ugly baby, but but I always <laughs> say that, but a, but a very, very pretty musical baby. And yeah. um, and so I, I work very hard on that kind of trying to take that sound and put it into the studio and the couch covers album. You see the very beginning of that on the EP that I did in 2017, but couch covers really allowed me to go in the studio and figure, start figuring that out. So this recording six string dreams is the single that just came out. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of that is infinitely better than it would have been in 2020 because I now have a much clearer understanding of the sonic landscape that I'm trying to paint. Um, and also the songs are, are always going to be there. Like, I, I don't really, I want people to, you know, a decade from now to think of like Patrick Davis in the same sense as not success wise, but when they think about the songs, I want them to think of it in those great songwriters where they go, oh, these, there's no doubt that every song in this album is going to be like, oh, fuck, that's really damn good. Like, it doesn't right. matter. Like, it's just like, that is a well-written, you, that is a cleverly crafted, like, amazing song and that and that's you know that's the john primes of the world that is the i don't know you know the uh the law love of the world the uh the, those guys where i, I want to be in that the john hyatt's like i want people to look at it like oh shit that's amazing and those aren't the big popular artists they're the fringe artists you know i guess if you're looking at people from today i don't i don't even know who the today's versions of those people would be i mean i know there's a lot of people that are big out there, you know isbel maybe is that guy you know i don't know he's kind of a little bit on the fringe of rock and roll and Americana, I don't know, but you know, I want to be that. And it's going to take me a while to prove that it's like this six ring dreams is the first single. And I'm, I'm already, you know, three years in my mind down the road where this album and all the singles that come out with it. And this album's called Carolina. When I die, it won't come out until probably February, but I already have my ideas for what'll happen three or four months after that for the next project and the next project, because I know that this has to be a very long you know, it's not Rome's not built a day type of situation. So, mm -hmm. um, but six dream dreams is, is a, is a good, uh, for everything we just talked about. It, it is the story of all of us musicians. Any of you guitar slingers or songwriters or anything, listen to that because it is our story. It, it really, it, it tells the, the dream that we all have, um, whether you're playing in the garage or whether you're playing at the Ryman, it's the same dream. It's just a different variation of it. Mm -hmm. So and that's so kind of the idea. Yeah, so the the album is called Carolina When I Die. That's mm -hmm. the and the, yeah, and Six Dream Dreams is the is the, the current single. Yeah. Um, is the whole album finished? Uh, it's it's close. It's um I, I kind of um I'm the good the good thing about this world we live in now where you release these singles, you know, Spotify or you know Apple, yeah. all the all the things every you know you release them every six weeks or so. Um, it it does make the runway a lot longer. So I, with my schedule, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I do a thing called songwriters in paradise, which is a, uh, I started these music festivals all over the country. Uh, well, all over the world, I guess we do them in, uh, in Napa and Sonoma County. We do them in, I do one in Cabo and I do one in the Bahamas and I bring a bunch of my songwriters, but songwriting buddies to these places and do these super exclusive, like, uh, music festivals. Um, and that keeps me pretty busy. Keeps me very busy. Like I do four of those a year. Um, wow. then I tour, um, I tour all over the, you know, I do a lot of events and things or, you know, what shows with my midnight choir. I can probably do like, I always say I can do like 300 to like a thousand people on like a $50 ticket, depending on if I'm playing in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, 
parts of Tennessee, but that's very, you know, that's what I've always kind of built. And now that I have this new music, I'm trying to like expand that. But the great thing about it is, is because I've been fortunate enough with songwriting and with the SIP stuff that I've started, I can kind of do it the way I want to, which is not what everybody has the benefit of doing. So the idea is to just kind of just slowly do it my way. <laughs> right, right. That's a, And then in the meantime as well, do you still write and then yeah. pitch songs if you need to? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah like I, I haven't, um, because I've been working on the album recently and, right. and, and uh, we did Sip Napa uh, in April and that's that's pretty all encompassing. And Sip Hillsburg, which is in Sonoma, is coming up in a month. Um, those things kind of take this, with the album and everything, I don't, I'm not doing a lot of writing for other people at the moment, but I've already got a few trips lined up where it's like, I'm going to go write with some folks for a few days to try to, you know, and it's really just for the good for the soul. It's not necessarily something that makes me, uh, uh, I don't even care if they get cut. It's just, I just have to like, when you're a songwriter, you have to write songs. There's always something in your head going like, you know, it's probably if you're doing podcasts, you're always thinking about, well, I wish I got that person on. All right. Right. I'd like to, I should have asked this question. I should have done, you know, that's, that's kind of the stuff that is always going on. I'm always putting an idea in my phone or writing something down or trying to remember a voice memo. Um, it just, that won't ever go away. I hope I'm in the, you know, nursing home 50 years from now. And they're like, this <laughs> motherfucker will not shut up about this stupid idea. He's been mumbling the same line for the past week. You know, so. uh, that's funny. Well, um, Thank you so much for for doing yeah, this today, Patrick. I appreciate well, thank you for your having time. me, man. I thank you. I and mean, Emily's Emily's the best. So, uh, I'm, oh I'm yeah, glad, she's I'm great. Glad she connected us. And uh, yeah, and I'd love to talk. I mean, like if you go, if any more, like we like we'll get a keep coming. I'll send you some of the music, man. What kind of music do you listen to? Uh everything. Yeah, pop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop, rock, alternative. You know, what's, some, I, what's something? What's something I should be listening to then? Oh man. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I always ask people that are in the business because I probably you probably know something that I've never even heard of. Uh, of I mean, what what kind of music are you listening to? Oh man, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to like I like doing this. Like I'll click on like new release, like Radar or whatever on on Spotify, and just see if they'll give me something that I just scroll through and be like, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe. I like uh, the the most recent thing I've, I've been listening to a lot is this girl uh, had a big song. I'm not on TikTok, but it yeah, was, yeah. she had a big song off of it. Her name's okay. Taylor Bickett, and she's got okay. some. She's here in Nashville as well. The country music? Uh, it's kind of like pop. but okay. I guess it's kind of has a little. Country. It's more like um. Well, country now writer. Yeah, country yeah, now is literally pop. <laughs> it's like pop singer songwriter. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you know, like some really really pop songs, but it's more of like a. Clever. It's a song songwriters song. I think you okay. would take it just because it's the, the lyrics are clever and the, and the song and the melody is good. Right, uh, so that's right. one I've been Taylor, you know, Taylor Big, Bigby Bickett B I C K E T T. All right. I'll yeah, take she it lives out. in Nashville. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Some cool stuff. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, well, yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for chatting, man. I yeah. Got a lot of shit going on, but I, um, yeah, let me know if uh, you need anything, uh, you know, else from Emily or myself and, um, and yeah, we'll, uh, well, I look forward to it again. Have fun out there in Franklin. Thank you. I got one more question for you though, oh, yeah, yeah. before I let you go. You yeah, kind man. of answered it earlier, but I'm going to ask it again. Anyway, uh, if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh man. Um, you know, it's like the Jim Valvano quote, like, you know, never give up, never, ever, ever give up. You know, that's, that's kind of the, um, perseverance pays off. The thing that's, that I've learned in this business is um, it is definitely, it's, these are all like just 
you know, things you they sound like on a postcard or something, but it's like, it is, it is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, there's a, there's a, especially in a town like Nashville, um, you're going to get told no a million times before anybody says yes. And you just got, if you believe in what you're doing, then you just got to keep doing it. It's a, it's an exhausting, um, heartbreaking, you know, there's a lot of songs about how big of a heartbreak town, you know, Nashville is or LA is the same way or New York and that stuff. Um, but you just got to keep going. I, I tell, you know, you never know what song you're going to write. I love the stories and I've got it myself when I'll talk to my buddies, you know, about writing some classic song, this giant, giant song. And I'll go, what happened that day? You know, and they'll be like, well, I wasn't even supposed to write. You know, I was going to, I was, I was hung over and I didn't really want to write. And I got a phone call and I said, ah, you know, I'm going to get up. And, and I have a, I think that that, that right there says a lot. And I have a saying, I always say, and it's the FaceTime pays overtime and never, ever, Forget that because you walk in and talk to somebody face to face in this world that we live in now, where everybody texts and, you know, they, they, they don't want to, but a real interaction, you will be, a, it's extraordinary how far that will go. And in a town like this, where networking is really what is going to get you in the door, it's, it's kind of a, not what you know, it's who you know. Never forget that being out there and, and, and the shaking hands and kissing babies, <laughs> you never know what opportunities are going to arise. So, you know, I don't know, man, it's, it's a, it is a heartbreak town, but uh, if you stick it out, man, it has an amazing way of uh, of, uh, of working working itself out for you. Mm-hmm.